When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Selling a little... Or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. First off, fuck your bitch in the click you claim. West side, when we ride, come equipped with game. You claim to be a player, but I fucked your wife. We bust on bad boys, niggas fuck for life. Plus, Puffy trying to see me weak, hearts I rip. Vicky Smalls, 
the junior mafia some more ass bitches. We keep on coming while we running for your juice. Steady gunning, keep on busting at the boots. You know the rules. Little Caesar, go ask your homie how I leave you. Cut your young ass up, leave you in pieces. Now we deceased. Little kid, don't fuck around with real G's. Quick to snatch your ugly ass off the streets. So fuck peace. I let the niggas know it's all for life. Don't let the West Side ride the night. <laughs> Bad boy murdered on wax and kill. Fuck with me and get your caps peeled. Guys, welcome to your Thursday episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. What a week we've had so far, folks, haven't we? We had Monday, the Pop Culture Roundup, very emotional. Uh, we had uh, the ladies from Say Bible talking two hours of the Kardashians. Yesterday, we had Danny Pellegrino. How can we even continue this streak? Well, I think we do it today. We've got two amazing guests. Um, Zach Peter and Adam Newell, who, if you don't know Zach's podcast, you gotta know. Uh, it's it's awesome. And up and Adam live on YouTube, Adam Newell. I mean, these two guys do everything and talk about everything that we love. And they're going out on a live tour. And 
at the Bourbon Room in Los Angeles. I will be one of their guests next week in Los Angeles. But you can do a live stream as well. We'll talk all about that in a second. Um, I started the show off with a mashup, Miley Cyrus, mixed with, of course, Tupac. Now, I I still remember to this day my one of my best friends, Susie Hengel, at Arizona State University. Yeah, we, we went Ivy League of the West. And uh, she introduced me to that Tupac song. And I had never felt like this man was in his mid-20s and he had the most hate-filled rap song against notorious big i've ever heard in my life but at the same time so catchy do you also do you guys also have that thing where i remember when i was younger and i was god i had to have been like what what 19 or 20 when i heard this song and i thought tupac was in his 40s (laughs) mid-20s like you know there were certain people you would make celebrities way older than they were you would make them more mature even though they were like rapping about insane things like i'm going to kill you and you're like that's a very old soul that's a very old soul uh but hit em up is one of my it's like back in the day when i used to go on a lot of auditions i'll i'll get there again um you would have like a pump up cd of like pump up songs to like get you psyched for the audition and hit him up was one of my. I didn't. I didn't book a lot of roles actually. That's now that I'm thinking about it. Um, how are you guys? Are you guys good? How's the week been? It just flies, doesn't it? It flies. Uh, today was one of those weird days where I don't set an alarm anymore because I usually just wake up because my body's old, and um, and I slept in until eleven. And it was one of those things where I woke up and I immediately, when you know, you're immediately like fucked. You're like, I just missed a phone call. And you're, you're, you're half shocked that your body was able to let you sleep in that long. And then you're just already like, wow, what a horrible start to the day. And the day just, I mean, it never, it, it, there were moments that it was good, I guess. But just when you're starting at that much of a differential, it just, it's not good. You guys know. Um, I also went hiking today. I've been I've worked out like sixteen days in a row, and uh, I think it's done nothing for me. Uh, but today's hike was so hard. I don't know if you guys enjoy the workouts or whatever, but I was going up a hill, and I was just like, "What a stupid act!" Like when you're when you're going up the hill, you're like. This could be the the stupidest activity I've ever thought to do. Literally just go up a hill. And then you're just panting and then you're upset that you're panting and then other people are passing you, listening to you pant. And then you're like, I have to stop. And you're like, is this the end of the road for me? Do I just say my goodbyes right here? I made it, but like, I don't know what the point is. Like I'm trying to get a workout. I just end up really ashamed of myself by the end. It's fascinating um also i'm staring at my wonderful dog brooklyn brooklyn do you want to say hi to every okay you're just licking your butthole um my uh my beautiful dog brooklyn is usually with my ex and um i i've been getting her more recently and it is just god what like these are our best friends like these i know yeah sneeze it up oh you're no you're good we're just talking about you on the podcast um, it's like, this is the person I taught. This is the person that I've been through everything with, like all of the ups, all of the downs. I was with my, with my dog, Brooklyn. And it is so like, 
I, I have not had I've not gotten to have her a lot in the last couple of years, um, just because of COVID and things. And and my ex is I always say this literally the best dog mother you could ever have, you know. But it is so funny you just look at her and you think about all these memories and all these monologues. Like you guys hear my monologues now. Brooklyn used to be my one podcast listener before I had a podcast. She would listen to all of it. I would just monologue to this poor girl and she's back and and she's like thank god you have a podcast audience now right uh i do want to talk a little bit on friday so friday we'll do a real housewives of orange county recap with i watched it tonight noella gee oh my god you guys i just can't take her i'm sorry i i i love all you guys that love noella i just can't take her i know she'll be there for years to come but i just can't do it I mean, I'm going to do it. I just can't do it. Do you guys see the difference? Um, we'll do that. We'll do a lot of pop culture stories because we've got a lot of Oscar updates. I want to talk to you about Craig Conover's uh, book, which, by the way, a uh, friend of the pod, Samaj uh, Bloodson, he went to Craig and Austin's first live podcast and actually talked to Austin and told Austin I was a good guy. Which, by the way, we don't need uh, – Samaj, we don't need to be – like, Austin's not a good guy. You don't need to tell Austin I'm a good guy. You need to tell Austin he's a bad guy. Oh. So he went to that. I want to talk to you more about that on Friday. I want to talk – there's so many good pop culture news stories that we'll do a – like, we'll do a bit before the OC recap. Today, I'm just going to get right into the interview after this next uh, little bit. Because my voice is tired and your boy has to wake up early because I'm doing an interview with a French, uh, a French TV show, a French. They want to talk to uh, Irene, as you say. My French accent is, is exactly the same as my Andrea from Summer House accent. But they want to interview me about what it what what hate watching is. And hate watching to me is what it's all about lately, folks. It really, it truly has taken over in the weirdest way. Uh, if you listen to the Danny interview, which if you haven't, please go back and listen to it. It's really great. But we talk about hate watching in the sense of uh, Sex in the City or and just like that. Is that I was more looking forward to that than some of the shows I loved. And what a weird course that we're we're going that we would sometimes rather watch something that we hate rather than watch something that we know we'll love. Does that make sense? And in fact, speaking of that, I just started the fourth season of Yellowstone because it finally popped up on uh, the old Peacock app. And if you don't know Yellowstone, guys, I, I got to do a whole other Yellowstone podcast. I've talked about it a couple times in this show. It's literally the most batshit unrealistic show I've ever seen in my life. And it is one of the most popular shows on TV. And it is batshit. Like, Literally the end of the third season, everybody gets gunned down. I just started the fourth episode. Beth, the daughter of Kevin Costner, is like, she just got blown up. And she's like, can I borrow a cig cigarette? Uh, I'm going to smoke this cigarette. And she's all like blown up. And then like Kevin Costner has like been hit like 80 billion times with bullets. And he's kind of still hanging in there. It makes, <laughs> guys, it makes zero sense at all. Like it is hysterical that people are taking the show seriously i've never seen something more unrealistic in my life and i'm even including the marvel movies in that marvel movies make more sense than yellowstone like 
once again, very small town that this takes place. There's no reason that people should still even be around during the fourth season because they've killed off so many people in a small town. Do you know what I'm saying? It may, and I don't care if you're like, well, Rip fills out his jeans. It's pretty hot. Really? It's that hot that you're willing to completely forget about like draw like uh, story that this this would there's no possible way that this would ever happen. Kevin Costner would have been dead on the first shot. Like, do you ever think about that? On like, I always think about that in action films, like Mission Impossible, where like Tom Cruise is running down like a road, like as fast as he can. I was like, my knee would give out immediately, or I would like shit myself, like irritable bowel syndrome. Where are the action heroes that are like, oh shit, I've got to, I've got a flare up, I gotta get ah, uh, damn it. Inopportune time, which is when IBS usually happens, right? Inopportune times. Where is the action hero that fights with IBS? Like then I'd be like, that's I that is a scenario. That's real right there. That is real. I really shouldn't be able to talk to actual people. Um, I wanted to tell you about my night. I went through a TikTok boot camp, if you will, tonight. Your boy is trying to, uh, he just woke up from the ice age and he's trying to learn how to do new social media apps. And actually, TikTok, I've told you, like, I hated it. Well, I didn't hate it. I just didn't know it or I was staying far away from it. And then I, I got the app and I started looking at videos and like I was like, oh my God, I love watching people pop their pimples and I was getting a lot of those and that was cool and then I was like I could make some of these videos and luckily the coolest thing about doing the stuff that I do is I get to meet a lot of other artists and I say artists in the truest sense of the word I don't mean this as a joke but I'm friends with Lauren which is at the Zen Blonde you guys know the Zen Blonde if you don't like Please look her up on TikTok. TikTok, you'll know exactly who she is. She does these amazing deep dives into pop culture, into seedier mystery, murder things like this, and and I just think she's brilliant at what she does. And uh, through her, I got to meet uh, John Joseph, and you would know him as at it's John Joseph on TikTok. These guys are like half a million followers, all of this stuff, but uh, they do a lot of stuff for. Um, uh, businesses, corporate accounts. And uh, I was like, I would love to learn. And they said, you know, we'd love to teach you how to use TikTok. And I was like, this is this would be fun, like teach your dad how to, to do TikTok. And they came over tonight. I think it's like first guests I've actually ever had over at my house. And it was so nice to have them over. And we made our first TikTok video together. They taught me so much. It is kind of cool talking to anybody that's passionate about something, whether it be a social media app or a movie or music or whatever. Passion is passion but they taught me and we made our first or you know we we made it together but go follow me it's at so bad it's good with ryan b on uh tiktok and then go like this video it's uh my some of my findings from the tom girardi auction but there'll be a lot of other videos like this and they gave me so many good ideas and you know i i hope it's like i just realized i'm just going off on rants here but it reminds me of like high school like it reminds me of the drama club and you know we would we would do these you know it's like the most creative you'll ever be sometimes is in those days of high school when anything is possible like i remember putting on shows on lunch breaks like we would have brown bag theater um on lunch breaks and and i think about it now i'm like 
what possessed you to think you could do a whole show every week during lunch? And this was during high school. Like you thought it was no big deal. And you were just having fun. And you were just in it, it. And and I think that was it. It was just the point of you were having fun. And then once you get older and the fun goes out of it and it becomes work, it, it, it feels like work. And I got to tell you, this podcast, it doesn't feel like work a lot of the times so when I get to actually talk to you guys and I can see you. Like, I know that sounds crazy, but it's it's really nice because I can actually see I know who I'm talking to. I've met enough of you guys now through uh, Instagram and, and things like that where I'm like, hell yeah, man. We're all on the same page for the most part. <laughs> um, but they came over, taught me what I needed to know. So this will be a great adventure. They're going to come back uh, in a couple months. They'll be on the podcast and we'll talk about my journey through TikTok. But these guys are great at the Zen Blonde, at It's John Joseph. They really are kind of geniuses of this and very passionate about that. And like I said earlier, I just love people with passion completely. Okay, I'm starting to have hiccups and I'm watching my dog lick her butt. So let's get on to the guest for today. Uh, they've got a show. They're touring now at a bunch of different locations, which we talk about in this interview. It's called Spilling Tea with Zach and Adam Live. Uh, Zach, Peter, and Adam Newell. I'll put all the information uh, in the show description, but you can get tickets at SpillingTeaLive.com. The Los Angeles show, I believe, is sold out, but you can get tickets to the live stream, and you got to get tickets, guys, because I'll be there. Sheena will be there. Brock will be there. uh, Schwartz will be there. Sandoval will be there. This is kind of a real deal show, and I agreed to be on this because I like both of these guys greatly, but at the same time, I'm testing the waters because I really do want to do my own live show. I really want to do a couple before the end of the year, and I want to see if there's an audience for that. And and I just I'm very excited to be, have been asked to do this, so I will be there with bells on. If any of you guys are there um, next week, please let's hang, let's have a drink, whatever. Um, but also, you gotta you gotta go support Adam at his YouTube channel, Up and Adam Live. And Zach Peter's podcast is hashtag no filter with Zach Peter. I've been a guest a couple of times, but together they are an unstoppable force, like a transformer coming together to create one badass entertainment duo. Uh, so here they are spilling tea live, Zach Peter and Adam Newell. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to iHeartRadio. So bad it's good. Today we we're we're double teaming in it. We got we got twice the trouble with us today. Uh, two people that you know and respect from this community of Bravo lovers, uh, but they also do so much more. And they have joined forces, you guys, to do what I think is going to be one of the best. You you haven't seen a tour like this. I'm telling Pink Floyd, Lady Gaga, not this is going to be a mind-blowing experience, and you're going to need to see one of these shows. Now, a lot of these shows I'm about to tell you about are sold out, but there is going to be a live stream of the Los Angeles show, uh, which is April 7th, uh, and we'll go into that and and how you can get tickets and stuff like that. And by the way, I'm appearing at that show. I'm actually going, I'm going to be reenacting the Will Smith, Chris Rock slap from the Oscars. So I'm very excited to be there. Um, but we got to get into this because I need to know their opinions on so much pop culture and Bravo. And I also want to talk about the tour. Uh, you know him from uh, Up and Adam. We got Adam Newell from YouTube. We got Zach Peters from No Filter with Zach Peters. Welcome, you guys. Hi. Hey. Um, okay, good talking to you. 
<laughs> Ryan Bailey, we love you. We miss you. We were we just had a chaotic live stream with you and Jeff Epstein where he was driving and people were like having a heart attack. I think guys, I was having a heart attack. Yeah, by the way, Adam, so Adam has a huge YouTube channel, which I'm trying to understand. And it just, it's a whole nother ball game and he does it so flipping well, but he was, he was doing this stream, I think on his YouTube and we were all coming on to announce that we were going to be part of the show. And Jeff Epstein, the podcaster who's been on this show before, he was literally being fast and furious in his car driving to OC, I think to meet Dr. Jen from Real Housewives of Orange County, I think. No, he was doing and, laser away to get his- Oh, he was, from sorry, laser- and it really like it was it was scary. It was like these are how car crashes happen. He was definitely scaring me. I got anxiety from that. And I remember getting off of that live stream with you guys. And I stayed on the phone with Zach and I said to Zach, I was like, I don't know if I need like a drink. I don't know what I need, but that was a lot. But that's always with Jeff Epstein. It's like it's ah. like last week's episode of Summer House where it started at the beginning and it kept getting crazier and crazier. That's Jeff Epstein. So, by the way, so you guys, you got to go to the show in L.A. just to see what Jeff Epstein does, because I'm scared. I'm, are you guys you haven't done any of the live shows yet, have you? No, no. our first one is is April 7th with you at the Bourbon Room in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is going to be the first one. Mm -hmm. Are you guys now? Are you scared? Are you excited? Are I mean, I love the thought of doing live podcasts and live shows, and you guys are amping it up a little bit where it's not just your standard run of the mill live podcast. You guys are doing like segments almost. Actually, that's the perfect. Yeah, that's the perfect way to put it. I mean, I feel like we have this conversation, you know, almost every day. And we spoke this morning and we're like, wow, we're only one week away from the week that we're going on stage for the first time. Luckily, I haven't actually seen the stage. Whereas Zach said, you know, I walked up there and I was like, oh shit, this is happening. Whereas like, I'm just going to wait until the night of that way. If I have a Heather McDonald falling out moment, I have it, it's on stage and I haven't psyched myself out. And so where are you at Zach? I mean, I've done live stage stuff for like a really long time. Actually, I was born in the theater. But, I was yeah. born there. No, I'm not that bitch. Um, I, I hate the theater. Uh, I hate, yeah, I hate live stuff. I used to do stand up and I have done it for so long, but I literally like have a freak out moment every single time I'm supposed to go on stage and like want to quit and want to run away. So I might have to take like some drugs from Jeff Epstein just to get me on stage. <laughs> JK, JK. Um, but no, as Adam said, I went through a walk through here at the, at the venue, the bourbon room here in Los Angeles. And we were like going through all the details and stuff. And I had Adam on FaceTime and and then I was like, you know what? Let me just go on stage to see how fun this is going to feel. And then I got on stage and I was like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> it feels horrible. This feels like, this no, thank you. This is but not it, good. Yeah. But at least Adam and I have each other to go up on stage with. So you well, and it's going to be funny because can, can you imagine having the two opening acts and then all of a sudden being like, well, here comes, you know, Zach and Adam. And then I'll, there's just nothing. We both walk out and we're like, oh shit, we can't do that. Uh, yeah, no. we, we made a we made a grave mistake. Um, it is it is cool what you guys are doing though too, because I think it's such a smart thing of first off teaming up together, which I want to know how this all came to pass because you guys have very successful entities solo. So was the idea for a team up just because we can we can get more people there? Or what has your working relationship been like? See, we had slept together and then <laughs> okay. <we> <laughs> All right. I mean, I feel like there's a, a truth, a true version of this, and there's a very cotton candy version. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what Zach is going to uh, give. Uh, let's go for the true version. That'd be amazing. Go, Adam. We'll, we'll, I'll let you kick this one off. How did this all come to be? And yeah. then I'll give, I'll give the, the, the reality afterwards. 
Okay, so I was just minding my own business, sitting in a bathtub and doing my emails. And that's what in I do. In the bathtub. In the bathtub. <laughs> and I was trying to put together this sort of mashup on my channel with an attorney that a lot of people know for the Erica Girardi case. And yes, Ron, uh, and Ronald few, Richards. Yeah, yeah. Ronald Richards and a few other people. And we just couldn't get the dates and times and agree on everything. And in that conversation, I said to Zach, I was like, why don't we just do something on our own that's different? different. What do you think about this? And Zach was like, I was just talking to Jason about this, my fiance. So we both had the idea of a tour, you know, at the, at at the top of our mind, it was just about pulling the trigger, which I feel like we always do. Yeah. So Adam's referencing a ad Ronald Richards and myself, were both going to appear on up and Adam together. Cause we've had a bit of a contentious relationship. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. We've shared words (laughs) on Twitter. Um, So we were going to have a sit down with Adam on up and Adam together and Adam was trying to coordinate it. And then, you know, we just decided like this isn't productive. This isn't, you know, like maybe it'll be drama and interesting or whatever, but like, I don't think it's productive at the end of the day. And so we're like, well, why don't we do something productive and something that would be fun? And we both had a like kind of been marinating on doing some sort of live event. And so we decided why not do it? And maybe invite some of the friends that we collaborate with all the time. We also have, you know, great connections in the Bravo world with a lot of these reality stars that come on our show all the time. And we're like, why don't we just pull all of our contacts together and see if we can actually put together a live show. And how many, you, how many tour dates are you doing right now? Because you have like a bunch. Right now we have three. We have LA, Nashville, and New York all in April. And so- Nashville, you have, um, uh, what's your name appearing with you who I love? Emily D. Baker. Emily D. Baker. Yes. I love another uh, YouTuber slash podcaster slash amazing person. So that I mean, I would love to see what you guys are going to do there. Um, The L.A. show itself is sold out as of this point right now. But you said there is this kind of live stream thing that we could sign up for if we do want to see the hijinks that that will go down that night. Yes. So there are the physical tickets and then we have live stream uh, tickets available. So you can either buy like a ticket to watch the live stream, which is $5, or we have a VIP option, which gives you the live stream, the recording of the live stream and um, a behind the scenes series that Adam and I will be taking because we're going to be taking LA, Nashville and New York City. Well, you're going to be doing a reality show uh, (laughs) of behind the scenes of this is amazing. Like you got to, is there going to be, is there going to be groupies for this tour? Are you guys going to have like a bunch of guys following you around and some girls like just wanting to get backstage? I mean, we landed in Nashville, not even knowing that we, we literally picked our date during Nash Vegas spring break. So yeah. it's supposed to be wild anyways in Nashville. Who knows what the behind the scenes footage Wait, is. What is Nash be. Vegas spring break? I It's a thing. It's I don't know. Time everybody goes like, to Nashville, and then they call it Nash Vegas because they're gonna oh, get trash. I can I already feel like, myself getting sick. Like that is horrible. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, like Nash a beer Vegas? fest, like wet t-shirt con- contest. Like that would be a Nash Vegas spring break. I feel. <laughs> well, perfect. So, okay, great. Adam yeah. will do the beer fest, and I'll do the wet t-shirt contest. Perfect. I want to. I want to talk about the LA show because I, you, you know, so you have like I think Faces by Bravo is going to be there. Stephen, mm-hmm. I'm going to be there. Uh, but then you have like some really. Also, like some bit like is is did I totally make this up? Is Sheena and Brock going to be there? Sheena Shea, Sheena and Brock will be there, and then we have both Toms that are going to be there as well on stage. And a bunch Tom of Tom Schwartz people. and Tom Sandoval will be there yes. post 
the divorce filing. Tom, we will get to see him with our own eyes and how he is holding up. That's that's uh, that's happening. We we had this as a whole PR strategy for six months, Ryan. Yeah, he was, <laughs> you were like, let's, um, let's let's wait until after you announce the divorce and then we'll do it. Yeah. Yes. Um, is were they totally cool with like, was everybody like, yeah, I want to do it. Like was, you know, did you have to talk into these people into doing it or were they totally down from the beginning? I honestly, in my opinion, I feel like everybody was pretty on board once they knew, you know, what the format of the show was, who was going to be a part of it. The fact that we sold it out without the, the thing is, what was so great about this is we sold out of Los Angeles before we announced any talent. Didn't we? Mm-hmm. And especially, I don't think we announced influencers or talent yet before by we time, sold. By the time we announced Sheena, we had only had like two tickets left. And yes. like, that's amazing. Like it was insane that just Adam and I were able to sell these tickets with just our package deal without even telling, announcing anybody else that was going to be a part of the show. Which well, made it good. like a bonus for the people yeah. who bought the tickets. Well, I mean, I think it's what's cool is that you're really creating an experience uh, because it seems like I'm like, I even want to be there. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. But just give me a ticket. Like, I want to I want to see this with my own eyes because it seems I'm like that. That sounds really cool to even just watch, even if I wasn't a part of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of the response that we got is like most people, we didn't even have to really sell them on it. We were just like, hey, so Adam and I are thinking of doing a live show together. Would you be interested? And that's really how we ended up with so many people is we weren't expecting everybody yeah. to say yes. <laughs> like we thought people were going to be like, oh, I, it's like, it's insane doing this stuff. I always plan on no. And like you rare, weirdly, you rarely hear no anymore in podcasting because everybody's like, yeah, I want to talk like I'll talk, you know, and then you're like, oh, I wasn't. I'm always counting on no's. Um, is it true there's an after party at Schwartz and Sandy's? Is, there, is this true or is that a rumor? That was something that we were working on. Oh, but it's not happening. Schwartz and you Sandy's won't be of, open by then. You <laughs> sons, uh, I'm out. That's okay, I'm out of the show. That's that so, is. That was Ryan, you have a great relationship with the Toms, though. I mean, they were throwing they were throwing progress parties at Shorts and Sandy. So ask them, why can't we throw our after party at Shorts and Sandy's? Ah, oh, God. Well, okay, so. When you have Schwartz and Sandoval, what, I mean, are you going to be doing, like, are you going to be asking them questions? And if so, have you already come up with the questions? Do you have any ground rules? Is there, you guys as performers working together, um, has that been kind of ironed out of like, I'm the cleanup guy, I'm the goofy guy, you know? Well, Adam's definitely the cleanup guy. Well, I I was about to say, I feel like he's always the bad guy. Yeah. You're always the bad guy? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm always the nice guy, but on stage yeah. though, I feel like I could get a little bit sassy with it. So I don't know. I don't yeah. know where this is going to go. Um, nothing. I, I think at this point, nothing is off limits. You know, we have such great relationships with the Toms that I think, you know, they've always been so open and candid. Same thing with Sheena and Brock, always so open and candid. Um, I feel like every time I have them on my shows, like I always end up like on Vanderpump Rules or like, you know, we break the internet on Us Weekly. Um, so I'm looking forward to making some headlines with these Brock stars. I mean, I think they always know how to deliver. We don't know what the questions are just yet. We were having a production meeting right before this with you, Ryan, where we got into a fight because um, Adam <laughs> thought that I was being mean to him when I wasn't. He just thinks that like my Erica Jane persona sometimes. I'm like, listen, the Suttons of the world need to just like take a chill pill. Oh my God. You know what I, we've been wait, doing I this thinking, you guys. I, I was going to, I should bring my big oil painting oh my gosh of, i should bring that with me oh and God. just be able to show the audience this this beautiful oil painting of tom girardi and her brothers 
I am so pissed at you, Ryan Bailey, because I was bidding on those items at the auction. The lingerie I was bidding on. Ryan Bailey outbid me. That, that lingerie is in the trunk of my car right now because I use it to do cameos with. And so if I ever get pulled over, there's a frame photo of Tom Girardi as a lawyer and just red lingerie in my trunk. That's the only thing in my trunk right now. If it, you ever Sonia Morgan it and lean into OnlyFans, please wear that. Is it a public? Is it public knowledge how much we paid for the lingerie? Yeah, I think it is. It was like five hundred dollars. I think wow. it was. It was crazy, but that's the. It's the gift that keeps on giving. That's going to be able to be used in perpetuity. That's that. But they, eventually, I'll have to handle hand it over to the Smithsonian or something. But for now, it's going to live with me. Um, speaking of Bravo and things like that, we brought up the Erica Jane stuff, and I want to know where you guys are at because we're now getting so many rumors and all of these things about the upcoming season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills are already done filming. And, and Erica Jane said something so insane to Kathy Hilton that Kathy Hilton exploded and Aspen will never be the same. What are you guys hearing? What is your opinion? Are we even ready for a new season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which is happening in less than like a, like a month and a week or something? Yes. The I'll answer I'll... is yes to all of that. <laughs> yes. I mean, go ahead, Zach. So Beverly Hills is the show that I have the most connections to. And I can tell you, Ryan Bailey, this is going to be a very good season. And it's going to take us back to like some of the housewives roots where you have a lot of women. There's a lot of story. There's a lot of drama and there's a lot of conflict and resolution. And it's very fast paced moving, which is, I think, what New York has always done really well of, with exception for these past couple of seasons, is there's a lot of stuff going on. There's always like conflict resolution and we keep the train moving. That's going to happen with Beverly Hills this season. And then the end is a lot of the Kathy Hill or I don't want to say if it's, it's a lot of the Kathy Hilton stuff, but the Aspen trip and the final week of filming does revolve a, a lot around Kathy. She obviously has a, or has been rumored. I heard a rumor. I didn't spread a rumor. I heard a rumor. Okay. Ryan Bailey, that, <laughs> that Kathy Hilton um, has a meltdown in Aspen where she literally went bananas really because one cameras and, and uh, cameras were down and everybody was off for their night. It was their final night in Aspen. So they all went out to like a country club and it was at this country club where I guess she wasn't getting the service that she normally gets because she goes <laughs> pretty often. And I think my theory is she realized cameras are down. We're not mic'd. Like I can be the monster that I am. I'm not hunky dory tonight. Tonight I'm the real Kathy Hilton. And so she, you know, was upset that people weren't giving her any preferential treatment either because either she was Kathy Hilton and she goes there often, or maybe because they're the real housewives of Beverly Hills that she expected something. I don't know, but she ends up getting in a fight with the DJ because she wanted to play a Michael. She wanted him to play a Michael Jackson song. And he's like, this isn't 1996. Like we don't do song requests anymore. Like I have a DJ play a Spotify playlist and I hit the space bar and that's how we do it. Ask Paris Hilton. She's a DJ. And so Kathy was upset and under her breath, one of the housewives is claiming, I guess we now know it was Erica, Erica yeah. is claiming that she uh, dropped a, a homophobic slur about the DJ. So she ends up leaving the, uh, the, I guess the wives were like, all right, we need to get Kathy out of here. She's having a moment. She's melting down. She's kind of starting to spit stupid things. And so they end up taking her out and taking her back to Kyle's Aspen cabin where she's there with Lisa Rinna and then continues to melt down where she's throwing things. Um, 
I think she like <laughs> threw her glasses on the floor and smashed them. And like literally like all of these crazy things that she's allegedly done screaming at the top of her lungs. Lisa Rinna is like in a bunker in the basement, like covering herself with a blanket. She's like, like dancing, you know, she's like uh, dancing for her TikToks. <laughs> And so um, and so she apparently didn't think anybody was going to talk about it. And the next morning or once they started filming again, all of the women were like, you better believe we're going to talk about it. So Sutton's talking about it. Erica's talking about it. Lisa Rin is talking about You're it. Like we got it. We got a ser- we got a season finale here. We are talking about this. And as soon as I guess Kathy heard wind that they were talking about it, she publicly denied it on E News. So I'm curious to see how that plays out on the show. That's the thing too. Was that she, I even remember watching a live with her the next mm-hmm. week, and she was like, "No, nothing happened." Like, and she was so convincing, which really just goes to show how everybody in this world is just bald faced liars and especially the housewives because i even believed it i was like oh just a yeah. rumor that's just a rumor nothing happened you know they're all talking about it and so and if it were just a rumor then why did she stop filming all of the cast events after aspen there were three cast events that she missed garcelle's party erica jane's hair launch party and the finale party um that happened at kyle's house and i believe that there was some like homage paid to their mother at the party as well but she avoided the cast there was only one scene with or there was one time that she did film with kyle and then lisa renna also happened to be there where they addressed the aspen trip i believe um but from what I've heard, it was a very short scene. Like they didn't film for very long. And I don't think that there was really any resolution that came out of that. But she was like, no, her her uh, rep or her manager went to Radar Online is like, oh, no, you know, Kathy didn't go to the finale party because she had to go be with her grieving friend out in Palm Beach. And then we see Kathy with her grieving friend in Palm Beach at Trump Super Bowl party. So, <laughs> you know, it was like, and Lisa Rinna is like blasting her on Instagram. And like, yeah, by the way, because Le- once Lisa gets a Lisa gets a piece of meat, she's going to like gnaw that thing to the bone. She's going to like, um, Adam, are you hearing the same stuff? Is this is this confirmed by you as well? Yeah, same stuff, but I just hate this because I love Kathy Hilton. I I don't want this to be true, but I you can still feel- love like you can. St- yes, like, come on. I, I, I love her. her, but I also realize that we're probably not seeing the real, real Kathy Hilton. It's like right. we don't see the real Chris Jenner on Keeping right. Up with the Kardashians. It's kind of giving me those vibes too. Like we just watched with Teresa Judice on The Real Housewives of New Jersey when everybody was like, "Well." you know, Jennifer said that you stormed out and you told production that you were done. And she's like, what? No, that didn't happen. No. And we have it on camera. Yeah. yeah. Then you have it on camera. So I'm hoping that's not what we're going to get, but it's like where there's smoke, there's fire. And I know Zach does have some, have like, he has really reliable sources over there when it comes to that franchise. So I just hate this, but yeah. How are there so many, I mean, how and why, I guess, are there so many leaks though? And, you know, in this day of, of we we can make up any rumors we want, you know, Dumois goes unchecked, um, you know, and, and she, you know, will say that herself that these aren't, yeah. you know, like all of this stuff happens. And sometimes it's like, we get it so wrong and it's like sometimes really dangerous. I mean, I, like I, I'm not dangerous, but I remember like the Andy Cohen thing of like, you know, CNN's fired Andy Cohen. And I'm like, no, they didn't. Like, are you kidding me? No. Like, why do you think we get so like, why do you think pe- so many people talk these days? And where do you guys stand on pushing wrong information possibly? Well, that's a great question. Yeah, I think it. I get so frustrated sometimes though, Ryan, because like you said, there, I call it low budget tea. And it's these rumors that people spill on 
Twitter, like there's this one that I got in a fight. I need to stop getting into fights on Twitter. I wasn't even drunk. I was dead sober. But so there was like this person on Twitter that was like spilling bad tea, but like he owns it. And he's like, I give bad tea because I think it's funny that everybody retweets it and turns it into a thing. So I think you have people like that that mm. are intentionally doing it because they know their account's going to get retweets and likes and they know that they're going to get attention from it, whether it's good or bad. It doesn't matter because they're talking about something that's not going to air for another six, seven, eight months. Um, um, so I think you have people out there that are planting stuff because they want the attention, which is, you know, puts a lot of responsibility on people like Adam and I to give good tea or to vet our sources, which we try right, to right. do. And even on my show, I'm very clear with like, this is a Twitter theory from fans. This is a vetted source that I have, or this is a theory that I have. You know, I always like to be very clear about that. That way it doesn't look like I'm, sh uh, you know, schlecking bad, uh, bad rumors. But I think it's it's tough. And I think also housewives and people in production, producers included, want to make sure they get their narratives placed. Like if you're a producer for a certain housewife, you want that housewife to look good. So it, there's a benefit in planting stories to get things out ahead of time. That way you can start to build the narrative. And if the narrative starts to build amongst the audience before editing happens, then a lot of times, like we see a lot on Keeping Up With Kardashians, the editing has to be um, met to fit whatever, not to fit the narrative, but to address whatever's being talked about on Twitter. Now they have to ed address it in the show. So editing has to reflect that. It's very interesting, you guys, in the fact that I really do think now these production teams have to really include and pay attention to the social media stuff. And, and because like right now, like, you know, we haven't even seen a frame of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but we're deep in like, I feel like already the season's up and running because there are so many rumors. And I would imagine production really has to keep a close eye on that because we haven't even gotten a first trailer. When do you guys think that'll hit? Second I'm say at the end of April. I would say second, second or third week of April. Okay. Well, I would think uh, if you guys have a video screen at your show and you're doing well, you got to play it for the crowd and just get, I mean, that's going to get people hyped up because you know, the end of that's going to be all the Kathy Hilton stuff. It'll like, like go to crescendo and then it'll like, bam, bam, bam. Um, Wait, can I tell you, yeah. since I started talking about it, Kathy Hilton went onto my personal Instagram and started liking photos as like an ICU. Kathy's like literally watching. in my Kathy's literally, literally in my bed. My, a, Kathy's in my bed right now. That's a why. She's photo like, of like me as a child. I was like from like a Dude, long Kathy's like my Kathy's like my mom, where she literally will go on at all weird times of night and you'll catch a random Kathy Hilton like. Like it's really bizarre. She'll like a picture of my dog or something, and it's it's like where she's been scrolling. It's like exactly wow. the shit. That's my mom actually does. what she liked of, of like my photo that she liked on Instagram was of me on the beach with my two dogs. But also, Zach, I'm an honorary Hilton as per Kathy Hilton when I got her on YouTube. And she did say that. So maybe she just she's like, oh, well, he's a part of the family. So maybe it's not bad vibes. I don't know. He likes me. Well, I don't, I don't, God, I mean, like I, sometimes some of these people I'm like, I don't, don't follow me. Don't like, you know, like I get, it makes me nervous. I want to be able to say what I yeah. want to say without, you know, cause I do get sensitive towards people's feelings and it, there's not a lot of place for that. And sometimes what we do, um, Adam, I wanted to talk to you really quickly. You had one of the best uh, interviews slash scoops of anything last year with Real Housewives of Salt Lake City talking to uh, Mary Cosby's family. I mean, you you were in the same room. Like I, I was talking that I was talking about you guys to Amy Phillips last week when I was on the Sirius Radio show, and I was talking about your show, and we were talking about Adam's interview 
I mean, how did that even come to pass? Can you explain for the people that don't know what I'm talking about, what it was, but it, it's really just jaw dropping what you got to do. Absolutely. Um, thank you one, but you know, I actually, I was approached by Mary Cosby's family about a year before that interview. And when I was, I did an interview with one of her cousins and I put that on YouTube. It was a hit, but then he kept telling me that he had more information and he had photos and he had audio clips and I didn't know what the, and this is why I always call Emily D Baker. So I'm happy she'll be in Nashville, but I didn't know what was legal. What can you give out? What can you not? And some of it felt really dirty because we lost one of the people who was in the audio files, obviously. Um, and I don't want to really talk too much about that, but So eventually I reached out to the family member and I said, okay, well, instead of you sending me these audio clips and photos, do you have a way for me to get in contact with Mary or her parents? He said, well, Mary doesn't talk to the family, but I can put you in contact with the parents. And I called and lo and behold, the mom actually watches me, listens to Zach, watches you, knows who Jolene is, knows everyone because Mary's mom's always on YouTube and she was excited. So it just became an opportunity. I said, okay, then I'll fly out next week. Land yeah, you the interview. flew out to her. I mean, what, what yeah. going into that experience, I just have to believe you're like, what the heck is going on with my life? Like it, it was such an, a stark, like the, the image itself just is like, it was like you sitting in a living room with, and I was like, this is amazing. Like, is this really happening? It was actually kind of strange because when I showed up to Salt Lake city, um, I took an Uber out there and the Uber started getting further and further from downtown Salt Lake. It took me like an hour and I was texting Zach in between. And then finally I just showed up at this residential home, just in this, you know, regular yeah. neighborhood, not knowing what I was going to get when I knocked on the door. Cause I only heard their you know, voices over the phone. I didn't actually see them. And it was Mary's stepdad who answered the door and he's like, you can come in. And he's like, Rosie's in the room. She's going to take a couple hours to get ready. And I didn't, I was in the house for like three hours before I met Mary's mom. She stayed in the room and finally came out crying. And I was like, Oh, what's happening? in your opinion, what did you get out of that interview that you found the most fascinating or a turn in the interview you didn't think would happen? Actually, I thought um, based on my conversations, I know that they have some very strong opinions about Mary and her marriage. And even though Mary's marriage has, you know, stood the test of time, she's been with Robert Cosby for a long time now. They had so much opportunity to bash Mary and, you know, Robert Cosby and go with the rumors and everything that people were talking about, but they didn't. They believe that their daughter is a victim of her marriage and of a lot of the things that are being said about her. So I thought that was an interesting take. There were a few tidbits I had to cut out definitely, but it was, it was a great. Yeah. Those are like the brutal ones when you interview somebody cool and they give you something so good and you know, you just can't, you know, like you sometimes just sit on these things and you're like, Oh, this would be mind blowing for an audience to hear, but you're thinking 10 steps down the road. Did you ever hear any opinion from uh, if Mary Cosby uh, heard it or liked it or anything? So I feel like, and I have my conspiracy theories here, but I feel like, I don't know if we want to call it Bravo or Mary or somebody was trying to get a, you know, ahead of the narrative and take control of this interview before it came out. I experienced this with the Fallon interview when, you know, Portia and Simon got together on Real Housewives of Atlanta. We put out a trailer the week before Simon Gobadia started to try to post things bad about Fallon on Instagram to kind of take control over the narrative. And I just went through this again with the Mary's Mary Cosby's parents interview. I actually have another big interview coming in between our tour dates and I'm trying to decide whether or not I want to drop a trailer a couple of days before, because what happens is I'm allowing everyone to see 
that there's this interview coming. And when it involves you, like for Mary, and it involves her family, she wants to jump on and talk first. So listen to me first. And that's exactly what she did. The night of the interview, she was on Twitter spaces. Oh, yeah. Her first and (laughs) only interview. Her first and only. And then the day that I dropped the interview, the Jenny Wynn Facebook post resurfaced all in the same day. And I was like, so that interview really, I thought it would get so much more attention. But there was a lot. But I think it did what it needed to do. I think it's like one of those things, it's like, uh, it's like, you know, underground, like amazing music where it gets passed around. Like you see this, like that kind of stuff, I think builds a legend of what we do. And, and, and what we're trying to do is something different of like, Whoa, like that guy went and did that. And to me, that's like when you're doing something a little left of center or a little left from what everybody else is doing, that's what I think makes this part magical and a viable thing that I think should continue to exist and grow, which is what you guys are doing with the the live shows, I think is just pushing that even further up into something different, something you haven't seen before. You might've heard a live podcast, but have you seen a live podcast show kind of? Um, I do want to bring up Salt Lake one more time though, in the sense that you know, if you compare it to Beverly Hills, here's somebody that I thought the production team masterfully handed, uh, handled last season in terms of story, in terms of all the, the rumors. Like, no matter how I feel about Erica Jane or Lisa Rinna, it was a masterful season. Now, Salt Lake, I feel like, had everything going for it. I mean, ev- you we went into that season so hyped because we knew all of it. We already were doing our little producer hats where you have all of this stuff. And of course we had the, you know, Homeland security moment, which was an incredible episode, but it fell off so completely. They didn't, in my opinion, they didn't focus on the right Mary stuff. They went at Meredith in weird ways. Meredith, like what was your guys' opinion? Did you think it was like a runaway train like I did, or did you have a, a different take on it? Oh, it was too long. And it felt like three different seasons in one. Yeah, just really unfocused for for having that much good stuff. Right. It, it felt, I mean, Zach, I think you would agree with that, right? It felt very jumbled. Yeah, I feel like we were all looking forward to it. And I think it's because we came off the Beverly Hills season where we had all we of the amped. party drama. And we're like, yes, because in Salt Lake, they arrested Jen Shaw and they caught the women's reaction in real time. I think that was a total miss on the producers and because they're the ones that are ultimately pushing the stories forward. They're the ones that are interviewing the women in their confessionals. They're the ones that are scheduling when the women appear with what and what's being talked about. And they allowed the women to kind of run away with these other frivolous things like Meredith's dad's memorial that it's just like it didn't it we were so, and maybe it was that we had such high expectations because we knew what was coming and because we came off of Beverly Hills. But to me, it really did. It started strong and we had some good moments, but it just, it totally fell flat. And I think the reunion was especially a bomb. I think there's two problems here too. Like one, it was either, what was it? 23, 24 episodes, which is yeah. way too long. We didn't even get to the Jinshaw drama until it was six months from the time the season yes. started till the sign. Like, it's like we we saw the passing of seasons happen, you know. It we we did not even get the Jinshaw arrest moment until episode ten, which was crazy. And now, thank God for New Jersey, they're only giving us like fourteen episodes, which is great. But I'm now I'm hoping and I'm scared because Zach's giving all this great tea about Kathy Hilton and when this is all going to happen. I'm like, guys, we're gonna get through like at least eighteen episodes before we hear anything about Aspen. It's not happening. Well, because also remember about Beverly Hills is that Kathy didn't even sign on 
until so many episodes, so many until cool the third, Yeah, she missed the first two thirds of filming because she wanted more money and she was holding out for more money. So that's where I'm like, okay, you know what, Erica, let's drag Kathy because she wanted more money. Let's make no. her, her paycheck. No. What's your or biggest what? disagreement? What is your biggest disagreement as uh, show partners now? What do you guys <laughs> completely disagree with each other on? Oh wardrobe. my gosh, Erica and Jen. No wardrobe. That was literally our fight the other day. Was about the was well, about we fought to wear to the show and who gets to wear what. Right. We fought about that because he did. He was like, bitch stole my look the other day. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Folks, we are at the part of the show where I wax poetic about our sponsors, and we have a returning sponsor with us, and that is Seed, which makes one of the damn best probiotics out there, period. Um, now, they, they ask me, they send me this, this kind of copy to read, and they ask me questions like, why were you excited to try Seed? Well, I was excited to try Seed because probiotics... It kind of goes hand in hand with trying to make your body better, trying to make your body operate in a smooth or a smoother capacity. And I got to tell you, since I was on all the antibiotics from my face medication from blowing up, they said you need a solid probiotic. And uh, I said, what about this? And they were like, yeah, you could totally use that. And it was seed. Um, what I love best about seed, well, I mean, of course, the probiotic part, but I got to tell you, being kind of like, a f I'm not fashionable, but at the same time, I love the way this thing is packaged. It's in this like green bottle, and then they give you this bottle on the side that's like a daily pill bottle case that you can take around, and it is the coolest packaging I've ever seen a product have. Like, no joke. I've even had somebody ask about it, and like, that's so cool, and it truly is cool. 
you should try seed if you want to be cool. <laughs> Period. That is why you should try seed. And it's actually good for you. Um, it turns out everything you think you know about probiotics may be wrong. Uh, I knew probi- probiotic tortilla chips sounded way too good to be true. Good news, though. Seed's daily symbiotic is the real deal. Now, Seed always says not all probiotics are created equal, and I agree. So what is the daily symbiotic? It is a broad-spectrum two-in-one probiotic plus prebiotic. It is a proprietary formulation of 24 distinct probiotic strains in scientifically studied dosages. Proprietary engineer two-in-one capsule that protects probiotics through digestion to ensure delivery to the colon. Uh, If you've taken a probiotic before and never felt a difference, it's likely because the good bacteria wasn't surviving your GI tract. Now, seed is designed differently, and that's why it works. So what does the daily symbiotic do for you? It supports benefits in and beyond the gut. Yes, seed will support ease of bloating, healthy regularity, and ease of evacuation, if you know what I mean. But it will also support your gut barrier, your skin health, heart health, and micronutrient synthesis. Um, Gut immune function is not boosting the immune system. It's about supporting the crosstalk between your intestinal cells and your immune cells. By the way, do you guys think I should make this podcast kind of like a, like a scientist podcast? I feel very science. I feel very, very knowledgeable right now. So many see improvements in digestion within the first 24 to 48 hours, which can include bowel movement regularity and eased bloating. Um, so I want to call you guys to action. Start a new healthy habit today. Visit seed.com forward slash so bad and use code so bad to redeem 20% off your first month of seeds daily symbiotic. That's seed.com forward slash so bad and use code so bad. Folks, this is one of those things is just try it. See if it's your thing. Give it a month. This is a good price for a month. Give it a month. See if it works. But we got to start taking care of ourselves. I've been telling myself this this, the last year, and I'm starting, damn it. And you're going to start with me. Try it. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. And now back to the remainder of our show.
But then today he came Listen, at me really you know, crazy Ryan with his Bailey, octave. Ryan, Ryan Bailey. Yes. I did not steal his look because I submitted my final <laughs> look first. You I sent a Pinterest. First. I sent, he said, what are you wearing? I sent an inspiration photo from Pinterest. <laughs> and then he literally went in his closet, <laughs> picked sure. out the exact same. I'm going sure. to wear my inspirational basketball I, shorts to your show and my inspirational ooh. Walmart jersey. Um <laughs> Okay, that's hysterical. But but in terms of Bravo opinions, I think you do have disagreements about Erica and Jane. Erica and Jen, what are they? Well, Zach is like a diehard Erica Stan. Yes. No, or, that is not true. Yes. That oh is not true. Wait, wait, Zach. It kind of it's okay. It's okay, but it is true. He's like Gina to Heather to Bro. <laughs> okay, that's a bit Erica, Erica, thank you so much for taking me to New York. Here, oh, exactly. I love. I so appreciate yeah. your friendship. Yes. Mm, I would beg to differ. I think Adam is more of Jen Shaw's asshole than I would be Erica's. We're going to call you Zach Mellencamp. Because- and, and and not only that, but we have an entire broadcast from Up and Adam Live with Emily D. Baker, where Adam spends 20 minutes defending Jen Shaw. No, uh, I'm not defending Jen Shaw, but I will say I went into the last season thinking it was the dumbest move for Jen Shaw to have agreed to be filming while all of this happened. And the show was so weird and so poorly constructed that yeah. she ended up looking fine. Like yeah. she actually ended up looking better than some of the other ladies. And I was like, what kind of world do we live in? Uh, no offense, Adam, that that somebody that is really, you know, I don't think this is an accident. Like, I, I mean, now I'm really fascinated to hear her defense because she's really so sticking to it. Now I'm like, OK, you've piqued my interest. But at the same time, I was like, yo, this is not it's like weird. It's like when you when you sit like Erica, too, like when you just sit things out, like or when you just keep keep just keep your head down and just keep pushing through eventually like we live in this, like it's like even the Will Smith Oscar moment. I'm yeah. reading all of these takes on Twitter of like, well, Chris Rock deserved it. I'm like, what? We can't even agree on that. You shouldn't hit somebody on a live broad. Like we can't even agree on that. Like, so right. no matter what I think about Jen or Erica's guilt, it doesn't matter because there's going to be as many, not as many, but people that are like totally believer. She's innocent. Free Jen Shaw. It's such a weird time to, like to be politics. alive in. It's like you'll never it, it's like a topic that you can't ever you can't talk about, like, you know, the pandemic. You can't talk about who you vote for. You, you can't talk about religion. You can't talk about housewives because you're going to have different opinions. And Zach at Thanksgiving, it's like no politics and no housewives. Exactly. And Zach's like, you know, were they gifts? Was it a loan? Should she give this back? Should she not? I'm like, yes, she should give it back. Yeah, what do you mean? she did. It's in a third party essay. Oh, yeah, 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 but but but. And the, how do, many earrings has Jen Shaw given up, Adam? Jen Shaw has been arrested and charged and not given up a damn pair of her earrings. She's how paid do you ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, Listen. I mean, more. I do know Erica's life. I'm still thinking about Coach's rectum and how it's doing <laughs> and if it's bleeding still or remember. <laughs> Yeah, Adam looked. Adam looks really. That was the excuse of like yeah. he had a bleeding rectum, and that's why I, was very was not. Yeah, I um, had a friend in high school who actually had to get pulled out of high school for like and had to be homeschooled mm-hmm. because of that. So every time I hear that, for anybody, if that's real or not real, I don't know. But that just like I'm like oh <laughs> oh. Um, I just think Jen Shaw should calm down on like the dominatrix sex and bad, and maybe that might help. 
Um, first of all, Erica's I don't think photos. I don't think Jen Shaw or Erica are sexual beings at all. I think they overdo their sex on the outside of their image because they're not like I don't. It's the same thing with Kim Kardashian. I don't think they're like sex fiends in any sort of stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination. Kim Kardashian is a starfish in bed. Yeah, dude. Yeah, exactly. Just lay, just lay there and do whatever you want. Sorry, um, Zach. Who is your dream interview right now? Who Erica would you, Jane? Erica Jane. Okay. I would okay. love, I feel like there's no other podcaster or entertainment reporter that has done the amount of research as I've done or talked to lawyers involved in the case or the victims that were involved with uh, Girardi Keese. Like I, not just on my show, but the work that I've done off of my show with people confidentially, I feel like I know so much about the case, which is why I come off as an Erica defender is because I feel like she really didn't know what was going on. She was left in the dark a lot that I feel like I could give her a real solid hour Diane Sawyer interview. Like give it, I have will you be, reached out. Have you reached out? I have. And she does not do podcasts. So, but I was like, I will be your Barbara Walters. Yeah. That would be legendary. It's one of those things. Like, I feel like Erica. Yeah. She is probably one of those people that would never do a podcast. Now, Lisa Rinna, on the other hand, I just don't think anybody's going to invite her. I don't think she does podcasts either. I've invited her in the past over the years and her Um, podcast is like, no. Adam, who's your dream interview right now? Honestly, I I would be intimidated as hell to have this interview, but I would love to have like a sit down one-on-one with Bethany Frankel just to find out everything that she's doing with Be Strong and just really pick her, her brain because she is like a literal genius and she's so great at business. And I think that would be an amazing interview, but Really, I want to sit down with Jen Shaw. I want to see the side of Jen that we don't see on Salt Lake City. You know, the we get this kind of these moments where she gets amped up and she's screaming at people or she's fighting with the rest of the cast. But there's an actual person underneath all of the editing and like the show version of Jen Shaw. So I want to meet that person and have that interview, especially right now when I think you, I mean, by the way, I think that Jen Shaw thing should definitely be able to happen, like no joke, but the uh, moving on to OC, Real Housewives of Orange County. I don't know if you guys are keeping it up with it this season. You know, I'm kind of like enjoying it in this weird, bizarre, nothing's happening kind of way, but I just enjoy watching moving images and these ladies. Uh, are you guys watching it? Stack of vaginas. Yeah. So what, what do we think about Noella? Because Noella seems like she is performing as a third season housewife. She's throwing everything against the wall, even though it seems like nobody wants to film with her. I can't, I mean, she, it's sometimes I'm just like, what do you like? Do you mean any of this? What's going on? What What is your take on Noella? My best analogy for Noella is she's kind of like, say Kim Kardashian is the entire housewives, like as all franchises put together and then Larsa Pippen, you know, right. That's Larsa. She likes to copy Kim Kardashian. I feel like Noella did the same thing. She's done her homework. She's researched the franchises and she'll tell you that, that she's seen every single episode and she was disappointed once she met Heather DeBro because she wasn't who she saw on TV. And I think that's a problem. I understand that these are popular shows, just like when James Kennedy's like, you know, you're dating a fan. How could it, how could they not be a fan? We have the number one show on TV. I get it you know, that she would have seen the shows if she's being casted for it, but she really reads like a fan who became a housewife, I think. And do you agree with that, Zach? 
Yes, I mean she's unpalatable, but at the same time she's <laughs> making she's making OC interesting. But like I'm very similar to you Ryan in the sense that like I don't compare housewives shows to each other. Like I would never compare OC to Jersey because I feel like OC is just a slower paced show. It's lower stakes, lower drama. Like, you know, they're going to fight about stupid fictitious stuff that like doesn't really matter. So to me, OC's been a it's been a fine season. I think it's good. I don't think it's great, but you know, I think for what OC is, the bar is always pretty low with OC. So I think in terms of entertainment value and drama, Noelle is definitely bringing it, but I don't really enjoy watching her, but at least she makes it exciting. Well, right. I mean, I feel like Noella is that thing of like, this is, you know, we now have a generation of, of, of ladies raised on these shows. Yeah. And so like, you know, you're not going to have me believe that Noella hasn't seen every season. And she, I mean, like, it seems like she's pulling like classic playbooks out of there. And I think part of the thing is, is at the end of the day, we still want real. We still don't want to believe we're being like already we're making a, um, an allowance that we know this is not exactly real, real on, on housewives sometimes, but with Noella, it's sometimes I'm like, yeah, but we got to have a little, I need to really kind of if I can even hate or love you, I need to see that there's a real you in there somewhere or what, what is the end goal? And I think when you come off of like, well, I was friends with Bronwyn and you know, and whatever your opinions of Bronwyn was, I thought there was another person that I never still get the se- I, I just get the sense of these people want to be famous yeah, and, right. and not even like, you know, act, like they want to be influencers. They want to be, you know, like you can tell when like, you know, Bronwyn's taking a different tact of like, I'm going to try to show him my real life and see if I can get, get them that way. Like it, it always just seems like it's a business to them instead yeah. of just, you know, like Sonia just like goes off. Like she's shouldn't even be going off as much as she Don't does. Don't talk does. about the Morgan <laughs> yes. letters. I mean, like how many times has that happened? I don't know. So I just think sometimes that's frustrating about a show like that is that Cause then you throw that in there and it definitely flusters Heather Dubrow, which I think is amazing. Cause you know, you want that, but can I just say we got rid of Kelly Dodd and Heather Dubrow was like, yes. And then we bring in Noella and Heather Dubrow. Like, I want to know what Heather thinks about that. Cause they got rid of Kelly Dodd because Heather didn't like Kelly Dodd. And now we brought in Noella who's equally as chaotic and loves to antagonize Heather that she probably thought she was going to come in. Well, she did because we see her at the beginning of the season, really walk in. Like I'm coming back. They gave me my own promo. Like she was walking in, like she was head honcho. And then Noella is just like clip clip yeah clip. i mean well, that's it's like so funny like she i i imagine she was pitched by the producers of like you're coming in to save the oc you will be the queen and like you know and that's got to be very attractive to somebody of like okay i will come back for that and so you can kind of see that flustered of like oh, i have to deal with this annoying that you know mm-hmm. um jersey where are you guys at on jersey are you enjoying it this season oh my god i love this season i feel like i we have this conversation every week because we do our announcements over our Jersey recaps um, for the tour. But I feel like for Jersey, I'm so fixated right now on Louis Ruelas and all of the red flags and the lawsuits and the videos and the 20 foot long scroll and everything that he has going on that I'm just like in it. Jersey has my attention. I talked to one of his ex-girlfriends on the, I think it'll be this week on the pod or I did, did last week. And we, you know, we were very, you know, we didn't use his name or, you know, but it's, it, and it, it's just, it's you pulled wild. A Jennifer like, Aiden. What's that? I said, you pulled a Jennifer Aiden. You I were did. I, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's just wild. Like the, the Louis stuff is, you know, it's, it, but it's, it's, it's kind of in that same camp of um, Jennifer Shaw, Erica Jane of like, 
well, if you just keep your head down and deny, 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 eventually people are going to be like, I think he looks like she really digs him. It looks good. You know, like people don't like, I I just find that a really interesting part of pop culture now. And and I think last night we saw it again with the will and Chris slap is that, you know, people are like, no, Chris deserved it. I'm like, whoa, we can, we're just saying that now. Like we can say it is totally right to be hit on national television over a joke. And I think Louie with the same way of like, he's rewriting, like there's police reports of him having laid hands on somebody. He's like, no, no, never, never. That's crazy. That's great. No, I would never do that. And if somebody lies, you just take it as truth now. Yeah. I mean, the reality shows have become their way. The Kardashians, I think, kind of built that as their way of controlling the narratives. narrative is if I just continue to pitch you my story and my version of the events and I have the screen time and the camera time to be able to sell you this story, then I think you can do it. And Louis very much a businessman. He knows what he's doing. Teresa is a seasoned reality star that I think they know what they're doing. And I think we may be talking about them right now, but if they get married and they come back for another season, season we're going to be we're so quick to just move on to the next storyline and the next that we will forget about it and we will move right on but i love that margaret's really kind of you know leading the isn't isn't margaret going to be at one of your shows yeah in our new york show wow and she's going to be in person in person we don't do virtual guests at our live shows um she will be in person at city winery in new york city on april 28th um, wow. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. I know, uh, my buddy Samaj, who's definitely going to your show. Uh, he bought New York tickets and, and I know a lot of people already bought New York. Wait, are, is New York tickets still available or is that? You have a few New York and National okay. tickets left. Yes. Yeah. Um, Adam, as we start winding down, do you guys have like 12 more minutes. Are you good? Yeah. Okay. Why, what, what do you like about YouTube? Why YouTube for you? Well, originally it started as a way to get away from my fiance during the pandemic because I was watching Screaming Housewives on TV all day. And he was like, get off your ass and do something. Make it into a job. And I was like, are you are you with are you with Louie? Yes, I'm with Louie. Yes. No, but seriously, um, when I had nothing to do during the pandemic, I went to school for broadcast journalism and somehow I was just in, introduced to YouTube. Like it's weird. I always knew about YouTube. I would go on YouTube randomly to figure out how to fix things, but I never actually knew about the whole community on YouTube. And I think that's one of the things that I love the the most is the fact would that you I describe met- the community. How would you describe a YouTube community? Or Cause I even noticed like there were people in the comment section commenting and I was like, wow, this is like a whole, a whole thing, you know? Yeah, it's great. Well, it depends. It's very much so like Bravo and Housewives. Like you get some really catty people who try to take you out and spread awful rumors about you, which I hate. Wait, you have awful rumors spread about you? Yes. YouTube can be vicious and (laughs) other creators will plant things on you and say that like one of the craziest rumors that I heard was when all of this happened. (laughs) I heard there was a rumor and it was started by another YouTuber who had a much bigger platform than mine and almost took out my platform with this rumor, told everybody that I befriended her to get this information about Erica Jane and I stole the information about Erica's divorce and I sold it to page six. So then of course, if you have a big enough platform and you start telling your viewers that people in Montana or, you know, Florida or where I I live in Florida or California, people who are not so well-versed in YouTube and how it works and how you sell stories are going to think, wow, that dirty thing that Adam did selling stories to page six, when we know that's not how it works. You know, well, Kathy so, Hilton does that to Raider Online. Yeah, I was oh. a follow, follow-up question. How do I sell something to page six? I would love to, I need it. I need some extra rent money. This, this, I mean, that's, 
That's crazy that that actually happens. And it's so funny because I know we do something that people can, can be considered um, like when I tell people I do a show about housewives and stuff, they're like, they look at me and they're like, what? And I'm like, okay, yeah, LOL. But it's like very serious. We put a lot of work into this. So it's interesting that as adults, we still deal in this kind of petty bullshit at times of starting oh, it's, rumors. It's like the, the, the school playground all over again. It's so it's interesting. It's nasty. And um, sometimes at first, that, that was probably one of the biggest challenges for me was trying to get out of that and be able to ignore it while also focusing on the positive. And now really, I think the biggest takeaway from starting this channel is how many amazing people I've met in yeah. putting this community together and this tour, which is part of all of it, and just the opportunities that come with it. It's just kind of like this little, it's like one of Erica's stories describing Tom and it just goes and goes and goes and you don't know where it's going. Like, that's how I feel about everything that's happening. And then John Wayne gets involved. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, is it true you used to work at Tom, Tom? Is that how you know the Toms? Yeah. So I worked at Tom, Tom and sir. And my fiance worked at pump. Now, were you there when that lady shit herself at sir supposedly, and then that made the lawsuit was that, uh, were Ramona? You there at that time? no, remember that, remember that lawsuit that was like out there a while that she yeah. said she, she literally shit herself at the table. It's like a, it's a crazy, it's not, she a ate something lawsuit. bad, right? Like she, well, she said she, she ate something the bad food. and she was like projectile vomiting. It was oh. like, it's one of the most ridiculous lawsuits I've ever read through, but I didn't know if you had been there that night. No, I was not there that night. Okay. Not at all. And at very very glad that I was not there that night. <laughs> Were you ever interviewed to be on the show or to be in any of that stuff? And did you get a job at TomTom Tom because you truly love reality shows or did your love of reality shows happen after you worked there? No. So um, I did interview for the show for season two and season nine. Um and dude, how old are you? You look like you're like 23. Were you were you like at like age 13 applying at like sir? I was I think I was 19 years old when I got the job at Sir, 19 okay. or 20. I just got out of um, college and I packed up my stuff, moved to LA, and I met Sheena at a bar and Sheena got me my job at Sir. But wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you met Sheena at a bar and she said, I want to give you a job. Yeah, her husband at the time, Mike Shea, who wasn't her oh, husband I know yet. Mike Shea. <laughs> yeah, Mike Shea was the bartender and she was sitting at the bar just talking to him. And she just went to some like prices right party or something like that. Cause I remember her talking about. I, maybe it was Steve Harvey. I don't know. Anyway, she was all excited. And then I met her and she's like, what are those resumes for? And I was like, I need a job. And she's like, well, I work at a place called sir. And I was like, sign me up. No way. What a, what a chance meeting that has affected your entire life. Yeah. Which is actually weird. When I left, sir, I, you know, Lisa, Ken, everybody, they were always so sweet. So I have nothing negative to say about anybody there, but when I left, you don't really leave. So when I came back a year, two years later, I moved to Thailand, moved to New York, came back. And when I came back, I walked in, sir, like, hi, everyone, kind of thinking everybody would greet me, happy to see me, like I was happy to see them. And I got like the cold shoulder, like you went against the family. So I was out and I somehow snuck my way into getting Jason a job in the pump where they hired him as a host and he ended up running the entire restaurant. And at the time when Tom and Tom were hiring for Tom Tom. Jason had this great relationship with Lisa. She loves Jason. And she, he said, well, what about my fiance? I think you would like him. And she's like, send him in. And when I walked in, she didn't remember me from working at sir, but Tom and Tom did hence the job at Tom, Tom. Well, they treated you like Stasi when she left sir. And then tried to come back. They, oh, you, you know, it's, it's like a real thing. You get like blacklisted from 
but is it, but, but you know what? Like that that's kind of like a lot of places that I've noticed. You know, like people people. That's why I think these shows work, and especially a show like Vanderpump Rules. When you really base it around work, there's like weird shit that goes down at all of our jobs. You know, like yeah. there's weird, weird stuff. In fact, I wish the show would actually focus a little bit more on the real part of the restaurant. You know, it's like Tom Tom is like one of the most diverse crews that I've seen in terms of like the bartenders, the bar staff. Like, you know, we're but like I know Brett and 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 Logan and all those guys. And I'm like, why isn't the show about these? Do you know Brett? Guys? Yeah, Brett Kenyon. Yeah, love it. Oh my gosh, and Logan. Oh, okay. First of all, Logan and Brett. I used to have to split up the fights between the two of them oh, because, dude, I remember. I remember when, like, they. I had to sit. Like, Brett was almost crying once, and I was just like, "No, he's just Logan." Like, picks on him like a big brother. It's like Logan's wild. such a bitch to him, and I don't. Yes. And I always tell. I, Logan, I never had seen that side of Logan before, and I was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "This is insane." I know where the real rift comes from, which is they would probably both kill me for it, but I don't care. I'll tell it on here. It's because <laughs> Logan moved here because he met Tom and Ariana in St. Louis at, bar, yeah, in, in a St. Louis bar, and they said, "Well, we're opening up a bar. You can get a job here." That's how he got down here, and he really loved the fact that. When the Toms would come in or Tom and Ariana, you know, they would gravitate, like go straight to him and he'd be like, hey, and he got a lot of attention from that because he actually knew them. And some other people would play it coy, I guess. But for Brett, once he started working there, he met Sheena after like a couple of months and they really clicked. And Logan's like, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to have a best friend on the show? You thirsty bitch. Like, <laughs> I'm the only one who's real friends with somebody on the show. So they would fight over it. And Brett's like, I don't know why you're picking on me. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh well, that's funny. It, you know, your show will be very interesting for me because it'll be the first. Uh, I've never officially met Sheena in person. And Sheena kind of has beef with me. So oh. it'll be because I. Well, she thinks I released her baby name before. It was, and it wasn't me. It was a YouTube video and it got made. And I just talked about it in, uh, I, I put an Instagram story and I had Brett and Jamie uh, immediately text like, how dare you? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, this is public information. I didn't, I didn't, you know, and I took it down immediately, but then Brett was like, how dare you? You don't, you're, well, I mean, me and Brett are fine now. I mean, Jamie are fine now. And I've even had text conversations with Sheena, but I've never met her in person. And now I'm very scared to meet Brock in person. I'd be like, this is the guy that we think released the baby name, which, you know, I, I just, I, I'm. It's going to be like that old school, new old school New Jersey was uh, Housewives was playing a couple of weeks ago. And you see where the big guy comes in, who's been tweeting about Melissa Gorga being on the <laughs> poll and Joe Gorga's like, let me talk to him. Where is he at? So that's what, <laughs> yes, we'll exactly. see. That's going to be interesting. Wow. I know this is, this is, this is very exciting. Um, before I let you guys go, Zach, I do want to talk about your wine too, because I just got a box of like beautiful canned wine, uh, which I don't know if anybody's ever described canned wine as beautiful, but I have, you have a whole canned wine business. Is that true? Yes. Um, I have, it's called the, it's no filter wine, but we, um, pitch it to people as the housewives watching wine because it's the wine that you can drink while you're watching the housewives because <laughs> each of the cans is designed around like iconic housewives moments. So when we first launched, we had, I'm ready to mention it all. I'm ready to flip a table. Now tell me who go and check me boo. And, um, I stole Kim's goddamn house. And then we just relaunched this month um, with four new designs. We have the famous Erica Jane 
or what. We have Margaret Joseph's Your Husband's in the Pool. We have Meredith <laughs> Mark's um, I'm Disengaging. And then we have Kenya Moore's I'm Gone with the Wind Fabulous. But we've tweaked it to be I'm Gone with the Wine Fabulous. Can you can you get Margaret to chug one of her own wines at the She doesn't show? drink. Margaret doesn't oh, drink. I would it. love to have her sh- not, not just chug it, but shotgun it and then smash the can on her head. Oh I mean, that would, be, that would be amazing. Would how, um, that's and also these cans are just kind of the perfect party thing. Like if you have a bachelorette party, if you have a bachelor, like if you have like these are kind of like the fun thing that you should have around regardless. Um, you know, it's fun to drink by yourself. And I mean, sometimes sad, but it can be fun mainly. But if these are for I parties and by myself all the time, Ryan Bailey, there's I, I know I said sad. Yeah, I said <laughs> I said it's sad. It was sad. No, but I think Zach misses the point, too, is like they can get you can sneak them in anywhere yeah. that you're really not allowed to drink. Can I bring it on the plane? I mean, if you can sneak it on the plane, I mean, it's a liquid. I like Adam stopped it to say he's missing Uber. the point. You can sneak it on. No, I no. that's literally how I sell it on Instagram. But Adam doesn't follow me on Instagram. He has me blocked from all his stories. <laughs> um, but <laughs> so it's a, it's six ounces of wine, but they're in like a compact can. So I sneak them everywhere in my Ubers, in my pocket, in my bag. Wait, so how do I how do I buy them? Do you just go to your Instagram page or what are you? nofilterwine.com and they're 13% alcohol by volume. So they pack 13, a punch, that's, that's a lot, but there's less than a gram of sugar in them. So you don't have like that gnarly wine headache the next yeah. day. Um, unless you're Dana Wilkin, you make that up, but oh. you do, they're, they're great. They're available at nofilterwine.com. We have a rosé and a white wine. So you tried the rosé originally, Ryan, but now we yeah. launched a new white wine. So I'm, they're yummy. I'm very you excited to keep drinking it. it. Uh, and and finally, uh, as we as we wrap up here, I just wanted to get qu- real quickly your thoughts on the big announcement last week of Real Housewives of New York Legacy and Real Housewives of New York Classic Coke. What do you guys uh, What do you guys feel about uh, what the the plan is for the New York? I, I mean, I guess I'm optimistic about the idea because Below Deck, Down Under, and Real Housewives of Miami, and Ultimate Girls Trip that came awesome. out on Peacock. They were all awesome, too. I yeah, love Below were, Deck, Down Under, yeah. Exactly. So if they're doing a reboot, I'm interested to see. I'm not you know, done with the OGs just yet. I want to see how they continue on, and I would still follow them, but I do agree that mixing them with their the way that they are and they're so set in their ways with an entirely new crowd, it's it's going to be a problem. So I thought it was interesting that they went you know, with two different shows. And I want to know, are they actually paying the OG housewives a hundred thousand dollars for an entire season? Cause if that's true, you're not getting any of them. Well, I don't know, Adam, like really think about it. If you have been like, some of these ladies have been begging to get back on the air or where to believe that they've been begging, oh, yeah. you will take a pay cut just because, you know, with your visibility there, you can sell all of your other like shindig things. Like you can Remind sell all your yeah. other products. Yeah, exactly. I'm saying with that, it's like a free advertising thing, you know, so maybe you would talk yourself into doing it and taking the pay cut just for that promotional opportunity. Or even like I know Zach really wants Kelly Ben Simone back on and I know that she could she could advertise her real estate business. So, yeah, you're right. What do you think? Um, I'm not interested in meeting seven new women. I just don't care. I think I'm <laughs> oh like, I wait, so you're filled. Wait, you never want to meet a new cast ever again in your life. What about Dubai? 
Yeah, what, what's going to happen then? You buy them excited about because that's a new culture. It's a new country. It's a new. So you'll meet new life. women if you get to to meet a new culture. What it is yeah, is you want getting, and I think there's this fatigue. Bethany Frankel said it best: like Housewives is failing to inspire people moving forward. And I think you and I have discussed this, Ryan, where I think a lot of people are watching Housewives out of loyalty, and we're not necessarily bringing in new people. And I don't think a new young 23, 24 year old is going to care to watch a reboot of Real House of New York. We've seen it with all these other shows that they've tried to reboot. Fuller House didn't really bring a new audience. Um, all these shows, Saved by the Bell, like that they've tried to reboot with. How dare you compare Fuller House to Real Housewives? Are you an, out of your mind? <laughs> I'm saying what I'm saying is reboots don't necessarily motivate a new audience. They only motivate the original audience that watched them before. And yeah. And so I think when it comes to if we were going to do this, I think it's too soon. Like, I think Miami worked because Miami took eight years off the air and the women were hungry for it and they brought it and they didn't care about the money and they didn't even care about having a full time status because we see Adriana and Marisol really brought it this season and they weren't even full time housewives. I think we needed to take a break. We needed to give the audience a chance to miss the the current cast members. We needed to give the current cast members a chance to have a taste of what fame is like or what fame isn't like when they have to go back to, you know, busting tables like John Goslin at Applebee's. Like we needed to give them a moment. Well, we see Sonia Morgan's on in, uh, OnlyFans now and she's like doing like risque stuff. It's not just like, look at my closet. She's like, I'm in the bathtub now. Um, so I think, you know, I don't love the idea. Am I going to watch it? Sure. Am I going to give it a chance? Yeah, I'll, I'll see what they bring with both of these two new shows. But I don't think too many of the original, like I don't think Ramona will come back to the legacy show. I think she's she has nothing to gain at this point other than a further tanked reputation that I think she has her real estate business. She's ready to move on with her life. Sonia's going to come back. Jill's going to come back. But when you have too many thirsty housewives that want it too badly, we don't really get anything great out of it. We see Luann leaking stories in the press about um, her having an opportunity with E and how she yeah. not come back because of that. And, you know, it's really because she wants more money is what it looks like. And it's just like, I just, I, I'm, I'm not thrilled about okay, it. Like so he said, I'm bored. It's TBD, TBD. Yes. Um, yeah. And finally, what both of you guys, if you could think of your favorite, uh, so bad it's good moments, so bad it's good is it, it can be whatever your heart desires. For me, it's Aviva throwing her leg or um, uh, Fergie pissing her pants during a live concert. You know, what is your so bad it's good pop culture moment that always sticks out in your mind of I can't believe I'm watching this and I love it. I think it's the one that probably got me into watching Housewives in the first place, which was you stole my goddamn house. And then Zach ended up slapping it on a rosé and like that proved <laughs> how iconic it still is to this day. That's just so bad. It's good. Like it was cringy because you're watching family fight and, you know, you're calling each other like one's an alcoholic, one's this. And it's a lot, but it was great. And it's lived on forever. Yeah, Almost- it's one of those things that's Housewives really has quite like those things of you can't believe you're watching this. Yeah, like or you even, can't like you're like what goodbye, a, what an incredible Kyle. moment. Yeah, yeah, goodbye, Kyle. That season of Beverly Hills, though, was just that finale. The you stole my goddamn house finale was so good. Like we need to take. But well, I mean, Beverly Hills is great. I love Beverly Hills for its panty gate and its puppy gate and its Kim's goddamn house. I love it all. Okay, you guys, how do we uh, promote this show? Like I said, live stream. Where do we go to be a part of your first tour? SpillingTeaLive.com. SpillingTeaLive.com. You can buy tickets, live stream. Yeah, regular tickets all at at SpillingTeaLive.com. And if anybody's listening, 
that's going to be at the Los Angeles show, please come up and say hi afterwards. I can't wait to meet whoever is there. Uh, it seems like it's, I mean, it's already sold out. So it seems like it's going to be crazy. What, what else, uh, what else do we need to know? No, I was just going to say too, on, you know, like for everybody there, there have been so many people who were disappointed that LA sold out so fast. And they were like, you know, we were waiting to buy our tickets and hopefully we can do more after these three cities. That's the plan. But in the meantime, if you can't make LA, like, you know, Ryan and Zach both said, you can get live stream tickets, but there's also different bundles and packages. Like there's one package for all three cities where you get all of the, you know, before and after parties, you get the bonus footage, you get to live chat and ask questions while we're on stage live from, you know, the feed, which is, it's just so interactive. It's great. I'm excited. Well, I'm, and I'm offering my, I have a ticket and I'm offering that to the highest bidder. And (laughs) I also get to come live with you then too. So that's a bundle. That's a package as well. So if anybody's hard up for a ticket, let me know. Do they get to, do they get you in the, in the Girardi lingerie? Yeah, of course. Yeah. This is an, (laughs) it's a very big, very big package. All money goes to charity, the charity being me. And it's going to be very exciting. Love it. Um, and of course you can subscribe, uh, subscribe to Adam's YouTube channel up and Adam live. I'm going to put all the information on the show description. You're going to, uh, subscribe to Zach's podcast. You're going to buy the wine. You're going to do all of this. This is really exciting because it's exciting for me too, because this shows that there is a hunger for this stuff that people are really enjoying what they're doing, what we're doing over here. And, and, and we just want to continue to grow. So thank you to the audience. Everybody that's listening is that we're able to do these wild, cool things because of you at the end of the day. And I think these two guys are really showing what can be done with this platform in a really, really fun way. So I appreciate you guys taking all the time today to, uh, to, to be with us. It, it was great. Oh, thank you for having Thanks, us. Ryan. Come on, a little more excited than that. Thank you. Hey. <laughs> Ryan, oh my God. I'm going to give you a blowy after this. Oh. Betches.